0: Welcome
1: to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back in to another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 51. Guys, we made it.
2: We're here. We're here. Zach,
1: do you have any do you have anything for me, Zach?
2: The we
1: oh man, this is this is take number four, number three.
2: The, the, the this take, week's edition. Because before, you're horrible. The take before because this you're was horrible. really good. Ross, we so, have not even asked for you to talk yet, so stop.
3: Ross, you don't you have to me. ask because I'm here. Ross, the, Ross, when the, the great the one is week. here.
2: Wow. Unbelievable. Can we hang up so, on him already? So
1: many, so many nights, sleepless nights and hours of preparation, all ruined by Ross Garrison once again. Ross, how
3: are you? <sighs> I'm feeling like King James 3 rings on my left hand. <laughs> the champ. I'm ready, ready to win it all, ready to beat all you guys because you're all horrible. I'm the Conor yeah. McGregor of this league. I'm going to destroy all of you, especially <laughs> Matt Collins. Matt Collins is done. It was done. a mistake even joining the league, Matt Collins. Wow.
2: Did uh, What did Reed say to this? Did, Reed, did you guys like have a pep talk or anything?
3: Yes, he agreed. He, he also believes that we're the Conor McGregor of this league and we're going to destroy and dominate. Wow.
1: So does that you make Matt Collins? Is Matt Collins? Does Matt Collins Mayweather?
4: Yes, and he's going down.
3: All right. In the early round.
4: I feel like H and F would beat Floyd Mayweather. Like no. Now. Team that the team that everybody has trouble beating.
1: No, H and F would trade with Pacquiao to beat Mayweather. Yeah, something.
4: <laughs> we work out a trade. Something. And then get and then get beat by some random Australian on ESPN. Probably, yeah. <laughs>
1: Um Zach what questions do you have for I know we didn't really have anything prepared, but go ahead and ask Ross's questions and maybe we can get him out of the way here quick
2: that was it, really. I just wanted to know what ross's um rebuttal was to matt Collins. That was it
3: Well that Ross. my rebuttal is he's going down uh i'm I'm the best, and uh we're gonna win uh win it all this year we had a uh, a pretty good year last year uh Considering the circumstances, considering we lost uh, our uh, overall pick and uh, we made it to the playoffs, uh, and I think that was a good year. So we're gonna come back strong this year. Uh, we're gonna dominate. We've we already got a game plan. We've already got a lot of things figured out. Already been talking. Uh, the juice is flowing, and we're uh, we're ready to go. Um, so all I gotta say is Matt Collins, look out.
1: Where does this feud with Matt Collins come from? Because he came out of the gate you know, throwing shots at you last week, and I don't feel like he's been in town long enough to, to start something with, with you, Ross. What happened there?
3: Well, for some for some odd reason, everybody thinks that uh, they need to try to beat me because I'm so good. I guess that's why, you know, I'm um, one of the, the best there is, was, and probably ever will be uh, when it comes <laughs> to fantasy football, uh, so um, I guess that's probably the reason everybody just, you know, wants to beat the best, and you know, sometimes that can't be done. Just ask Connor McGregor. So you're,
4: I wish this you're, was a video I wish this was a video podcast so everybody could see all the eye rolls that are happening <laughs> from all of us I, every time you speak, Ross.
1: Ross, I don't know if you listened last week, but but Matt said that his co manager is his two year old daughter. Um Reed is Reed is your co manager. Who's who would you say is the better co manager there? It's it's a tough one, I think. We we can make a debate it, for either. They,
3: You know, in all honesty that is a tough one. Um I, I've got a lot of respect for uh Matt's um, daughter Hattie. Um, a lot more respect for her than I do him. Um, <laughs> but it's a it's a, it's a close call. But I'll have to take uh, I'll have to take Reed, um, just because he got a little bit more experience. But.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, one thing we were going to ask um, all managers this week for was a a team name, an updated team name for uh, for Matt Suggs to make some logos with. As Ross and Reed, have you guys come up with a team name?
3: Uh, we are the East Coast Wombats. That's never changing. Do what?
1: So that 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 name is never changing. That's your
3: that's your name for good. Never, never changing. All right. Never changing. Well, that gives me nothing. That's great. <laughs> You're welcome. I helped you out, right?
1: Yeah, I, I I was totally unprepared for this call. Zach you you brought Ross <laughs> in it. here. That's it. I just
2: Wait, yeah. That's it? basically i'm just the hype man i'm just trying to get it going you know we're just doing world tours here with uh, collins and and ross so. that's right
3: that's right that's yeah. right just uh i'll be ready for the for the next uh, next next night next uh hype tour i'll be ready uh the next day just give me a shout out maybe we can get uh both of me and matt uh on oh, yeah. the show and maybe we can talk a little bit about um I like and it. i can just tell them tell tell the world how how good uh east coast wallmats are how good they're gonna be um and how uh, ready we are for Matt Collins and just to, to beat him in the ground. So.
2: All right. All right, Ross. Uh, we'll see you, We'll see you at the next
3: city. Hey, I appreciate you uh, having me on the show. Have a good night, guys. Right, see you. Wow. Boy, I we
1: was
2: really, not – really I, yeah. I
1: wasn't mentally or emotionally prepared for that.
2: <laughs> I love it. Okay. I love it.
1: So, yeah, episode 51, Ross uh, – Really, he likes to come in for the milestone episodes. Number 51, the most meaningless episode. And uh, we got Ross in there, so congrats. Um, famous number 51s, though. I mean, the most famous 51, Major League Baseball, Seattle Mariner, Ichiro Suzuki, right?
2: Yeah, I guess. Next one's pretty good on the list. I
1: mean, is the, he still the, going? But he, still yeah, playing, right? yeah, he's, he's still, still playing. Still
2: around. Unbelievable.
1: Number 51. We're sticking with baseball. America's greatest game. The big unit, Randy Johnson.
2: With one of the and greatest think- highlights ever.
1: Oh, yeah. Breaking that bird?
2: Yes. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> gosh. Gosh. Yeah, kill unbelievable. Yeah, he killed that thing.
1: Who, uh, when you think of Randy Johnson, what team do you associate him with? I think for me, I'm, I'm probably a, also a Seattle Mariner.
2: Uh, I think I'm Diamondbacks. Yeah, I'm going Diamondbacks. I just okay. wish that they had all the advanced technology that they do now with all the cameras from different angles for that moment when he hit the bourbon right. ball. that have been awesome. All the slow mo, I mean, incredible. It's I like it the kind release of released around. Yes.
1: Yeah, I mean, quick story, but it it really reminds me of you know my grandmother's funeral when I was a little kid. They had she had this weird ceremony where all of her kids, like my mom and my aunts and uncles, they were all supposed to hold doves, and when they handed the urn over, they were all going to release the doves, and my uncle Rick squeezed it so tight during the whole ceremony that when he goes to release it the dove just fell flat on the ground. No. So what? it kind of it kind of it kind of reminds me of the Randy Johnson moment. Oh, oh my
4: goodness. My.
1: Yeah so oh. it, it that happens more often than you think. Um, hey
4: my funny funeral story my intern told me the other day that he's only been asked to sing one song at a funeral and he had to lead Father Abraham.
1: Wait, like the kid song
4: yeah, like the right arm, left arm, right foot. Nod your head, turn around, sit down. Song. Yeah.
1: Was the? Uh, I mean, this might be poor taste, but was the deceased? Oh
4: my
2: amp- God! What is going on?
1: Was she an amputee?
4: Next, next question. <laughs>
0: All right. Big <laughs> <All right.
1: laughs> Yeah, so the, the next number 51, we'll, we'll stick to football here. Um, a, a title of another really good football podcast, Stick to Football. Shameless plug. Um, but Dick Butkus, another linebacker from the Chicago Bears. Last week we did Mike Singletary. Uh, Dick Butkus, one of the best football names uh, probably of all time. Um, 51 is a great linebacker number. I can't think of another position that would have you a know, 51. But Jonathan Vilma, Bounty Gate, is that what he's remembered for?
4: Probably.
1: Yeah. Props. Yeah. Great IDP. Um, great IDP. And speaking of IDPs, and I'm glad we get to finally introduce the real guest this week on the show with us. We were going to wait to call him later, but we might as well bring him in. Whoa, Jay whoa, Myrick.
2: Whoa. whoa, hold up, hold up. It's, it's time, time for, for the call of the call week. week.
1: Jay Myrick, hey what's boy. up, boy?
5: Oh, nothing much. I'd like to I'd like to state for the record, just right off the top, since I've been listening the whole first part of the podcast that I have never, ever, ever once even thought about Ross Garrison. I don't know what he was thinking about. He literally never comes to my mind. I don't know what he was talking about when he says everybody's trying to beat him. Uh, I just now am finding out who he is. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah i'm I'm sorry you had to you had to experience that jay and, and just sit in the cold. i mean what did you think of that that opening three minutes? Is he worthy of being a podcast host?
5: Well, I'd just like to say that it was like you know entirely he liked to talk about how professional he is, but he didn't even wait to get introduced. He just jumped on
2: yeah i don't know we don't need to dwell on this anymore. What about, like the, it. what about the intro though, like the one that we had to record over? I mean, I know there were a few of them, but weren't? Wasn't one of those like gold, like really good that, that you think we should probably keep it?
5: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's up to
2: you guys. What do you guys want to do? Gosh, Just sure. leave it for the blooper reel. Yeah, was so good. Okay. Sorry.
1: Well, Jay, we were gonna we were gonna hold you off until our call of the week. Zach, go ahead and play it.
0: Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> It's It's time time for the Call of the
1: Week. But instead, let's just keep you on for the entire podcast. Do you have time?
5: Yeah, absolutely. All
1: right, awesome. So we just ran through the 51s. Um, Now is the time where we give some, uh, some news around the league, around the CMB Fantasy Football League. Zach? Let's take a trip around the league this all is the where, sound bites. oh all the sound bites this is where we we give some news around the uh, c m b fantasy football league uh as I mentioned to ross matt um uh, per usual is making uh logos for all of the teams um in our league and so we need new names um if, if anyone's changing names make sure you give your final name to uh to matt um hopefully this week um he's gonna start creating some new ones soon um uh, matt any uh any caveats or anything you'd like to deliver there?
2: I think he had to step away for just a second, though, but just be sure to post it on the uh, sure. Facebook page when you get a chance. We'll we'll put something about this uh, podcast, and you guys can put it in the comments if you're changing your name. Otherwise, we'll just uh, assume that you're keeping the same name.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, another big thing to, to remember for this week, seeing as the pre-draft meeting is in eight days, Zach, that's right. Eight days, right?
2: Yes, eight days.
1: Completely virtual this year. Um, we're all meeting on GoToMeeting. Yeah. So, um,
2: yeah, I just want to talk about that real quick. And be sure to go to GoToMeeting.com if you guys are going to plan on, um, I guess, using your webcam, because that's we can all see each other when we're doing the podcast. And um, just go on there and test your system. Hopefully, they have a link for that. I'll post it if I can find it. Um, otherwise there'll be a phone number that you will call and you can, you know, listen in and contribute to the conversation as well. So there's really no reason for anybody to be missing, uh, this pre-draft meeting. If for some reason, somebody does miss the pre-draft meeting, uh, they will be put in a separate pool, uh, for the draft order process. So everybody that's put forth the effort to be there, um, will be in a separate pool from the, the people that don't put forth the attempt. So. Well,
1: I mean the second pool, but Zach, also remember the Wheel of Punishment.
2: Oh, so we are going to do the Wheel of Punishment oh, yeah. that, if they don't show That up. definitely deserves some punishment. Yeah, I yeah, like the
1: wheel, it. The, the Wheel is coming back.
2: I like it. I like it for sure. So we're going to say sure. if, if you don't show, Wheel of Punishment.
1: That's right. Okay. Absolutely. So uh, the, the biggest thing with the with the pre-draft meeting every year obviously being you know how we determine and select – um, the, the rankings of the draft order. Um, the, the other biggest part there is uh, the nominated changes for the league um, that we vote on at the pre-draft meeting. And so later later on in the podcast, and we'll certainly get Jay's input um, about some of the, the proposed changes, and we'll, we'll discuss those later. Uh, yeah, certainly.
2: One thing I wanted to add real quick is just be sure to get me your money before Tuesday or by <laughs> Tuesday. Uh, A lot of you guys have got me the $25, and there's various ways to get that to me, which is listed on the Facebook page. So please don't put that off and get that to me if you can.
5: Do you have a list of people who haven't paid yet? I
2: think you should name names. I don't have a list. Man, I should have done that. We should have had some music going and everything to make them feel really bad. we got to call people out. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I'll work on that while we're discussing some stuff here.
1: Well, I mean I can I can read off the list of the names who have paid if okay. that would be beneficial.
0: Okay.
1: Um so let me find the thread right here. Uh Jordan Pace is paid. Wow. Good job, Jordan. Wow. Jeff and Jeff and <laughs> Rob Gobb both have paid. Jordan Michael Iwanizen is paid. J Alfred Myrick is paid. Matthew Suggs, Greg Lucius, Matt Collins, and Chase Gaw. So if your name's not read just now, Wheel of Punishment's coming soon, buddy.
2: James Lane. So no, no, no. Ross Garrison on that list. No
1: Ross. No Reed.
2: Ross hasn't paid. Kevin hasn't paid.
1: The antithesis of professionalism.
2: Unbelievable. <laughs> Embarrassing. All right, hey
1: guys. I was I was telling Zach and Matt, you know, before we before we started, you know, the, the show today, that the podcasts are getting a lot easier to prepare for now that there's some actual NFL news to talk about. Um, and I don't think we have a soundbite for NFL news, um, but let's just jump right into it. This is—it's getting easy. We're having—you know—we have more to talk about, um, and definitely with, with training camp starting this week, um, a lot of injuries are being reported. Finally, this is the time where they have to report injuries. So let's let's read off some of the bigger names around the league. Um, this this has impact, I guess, on Chase and I think Ross is a Colts fan. Andrew Luck, quarterback of the Colts, is uh, set to begin training camp on the uh, PUP list, the physically unable to perform list, with a shoulder. Um, apparently, he still cannot throw the football like the full throwing motion. Yikes! Um, so I don't know if that's going to sideline him. Hopefully, I mean, <laughs> you know, as a Titans fan, you hope he's he's at least out, you know, two weeks of the season. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I mean, do you guys see that impacting his his draft stock I at all? So-
5: I mean, it'd be a huge deal if he can't go. I mean, selfishly, as a Titans fan, I'd really like him to not be able to play. But, uh, you know, I mean, because yeah. he's their whole team. Like, that's True. that's all they have.
2: Yeah, I would say that as far as, like, his his fantasy stock, that definitely will affect it. You know, I mean, especially with him not getting out there and practicing at all during the preseason or anything like that. Um that's definitely not a good sign for the season. I think Cam Newton had the shoulder surgery as well this past season or past offseason, And uh, I think he's further along. I think he's throwing to people. So if, if luck's not even right. throwing to his teammates, that's no good. <laughs> that's a bad, bad yeah. sign.
1: Well, in, in sticking with the, the quarterback position, Teddy Bridgewater, um, he is, is also coming back to camp this year, um, but he's also going to be on the pup list. He had one like what people are calling one of the worst knee injuries of all time. A lot of people thought he would never play again. Um, but you know he's he's coming back with the expectation of having to beat out uh, Sam Bradford for his starting job. Um, so I you know I'm staying away from Teddy Bridgewater obviously, but just from like a a human being standpoint, you gotta feel bad for the guy. I mean he was he was definitely on the right trajectory on the up and then he had that freak accident last year. And now he's having to beat out Sam Bradford. Uh, for his for his starting job. Do you guys think he'll, he'll ever make it back to where he was, or is this just completely set him back?
2: Uh, I personally don't think that he's – I don't know if he'll ever make it back. I mean, it wasn't like he was phenomenal or anything like that when he was starting in the first place. So um, from everything I've read, it doesn't sound like there's much hope of him really getting – at least getting back with the Vikings. You know, maybe somebody else will take a flyer on him, but I don't think anytime soon.
5: I mean I think it's really telling that he has to beat out Sam Bradford for, for the starting job. That's not like any kind of world beating starting quarterback. Um, I but I mean, you're right. I mean it does really, really I do feel really bad for the guy. I mean that's I mean you're going from I don't know, I don't I thought he actually had a pretty good rookie season and then coming into last year everything just fell apart and now he may not even play again. I mean you definitely feel bad for him, but I mean sure. the fact that they're not even sure that you know, he can beat out Sam Bradford for a starting job doesn't look good. And I think you're right. I think that he's going to probably – if he has another shot of redemption, it's probably going to be for another team.
1: Right. Yeah, and, and another guy that I, – I think this news broke after last week's episode, um, so we, we weren't able to get to this, but we, we certainly talked about it in our, in our group text. Mike Williams, uh, who was, I believe, the seventh overall pick to the uh, San Diego Chargers, a receiver from Clemson, they're saying he might have to undergo season-ending surgery on his back. Uh, he denied the report today, but he's definitely missing some time. Um, so I, I think there's, I wouldn't call it a trend, but the last three seasons, there's been a rookie wide receiver that just didn't make it out of either, not, they didn't make it out of camp, but they, due to injury or you know, work ethic or spot on the roster, just didn't play at all. Uh, you look in the years past, Kevin White, uh, from the Chicago Bears last year, Laquan Treadwell, and it looks like this year it's it's uh it's Mike Williams. Um, what a uh, what kind of expectations did you guys have for for Mike Williams headed out of the NFL draft, and and where's he at now on your board?
2: Uh, for me, I mean, I didn't have too high of expectations for him being a rookie wide receiver, and I guess the injury uh, talk, I guess, kind of coming out of the draft and I, when there where there's smoke there's fire and this is not a good sign at all so and they've got some pretty good wide receivers if they can stay healthy in San Diego so i wasn't really expecting that much from in the first place
5: yeah i mean rookie wide receivers have never really you know had much a whole lot of success usually it takes them a while to get on and if they do come on it's usually late in the season so probably He's more of a either like draft and stash type player or a pickup late in the season when he gets a start due to injury or something. So like I wasn't really targeting him to begin with. But I mean it does it's also just really unfortunate for him.
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um we we talked about how the, you know, the Titans were so fortunate and I guess smart to uh to avoid that pick. You know, a lot of people here locally, especially when they watched that national championship game and saw him go up top and make those catches. In, in that game and really helped Clemson win, a lot of Titans fans really just crossed their arms and said it, it's Mike Williams or bust. So I think a lot of people will be, will be happy with, with the Corey Davis selection, you know, if Mike definitely. Williams' injury history prevails. Um, you know, sticking with the wide receiver position, and this is this is definitely lighter news, uh, not involving an injury but involving uh, a alleged uh, crime, an alleged crime, rather, uh, Lucky Whitehead, who... Never heard of the dude. I'll be honest, until today. Not so lucky um, to use a beaten joke. Uh, he was cut by the Cowboys like three, four hours ago uh, for allegedly shoplifting from a convenience store. Please tell me this is on you guys' radar. You've heard of this, right?
2: I saw where this happened. I did not know that he got cut from the. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I just saw that. This that you know he was accused or whatever of shoplifting like. Less than two hundred dollars or something worth of stolen goods, yeah,
1: so a misdemeanor is when you when you steal under two hundred dollars and he's he was shoplifting from a convenience store, this guy I looked at at his contract last year after his salary and a starting bonus made one point five eight million dollars wow he, he still so has to steal from grocery stores what, yeah, I'm like, come on, dude.
5: Golly. I don't know. It's, I've literally so he, never heard of that guy. In my
1: life. <laughs> absolutely, and this guy—he actually—I I did some some digging, and in the last couple of weeks, he's made news. I mean, he had a—he had a, his dog. I think it's like a pit bull went missing. Someone stole oh, it.
2: Oh, I saw that. Remember, that was him. Okay. You remember seeing this? Yes. Or so he's—he's he's he, been. There. They were holding his dog ransom, right? Something like that.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Somebody was holding his dog ransom, and the Cowboys helped him find it. And it was this big, like you know. Um, heartstring story oh, from, from like a week or two ago. And then, and then this happens. So um, man, this is one of those kind of stories where if this were three, or four weeks from now, probably wouldn't hear much about it.
2: No, definitely not. But yeah, yes, so don't, the, uh,
1: the
5: dead, the dead point in the season when anything can make news.
1: Right. And if you're needing draft advice, guys take lucky whitehead right off your board. You can get him as a, as a free agent after the draft. But take him off your board, as if you were going to draft him anyway. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> the big news of the day, to me personally, and this is, you know, obviously local interest with the Titans, but USA Today did their projections for um, the 2017 season, and so I, I put this in our notes guides if you want to take a look. But, you know, the the big the big eye glare here was was they picked New England to go 16 and 0. Wow! Big deal. To pick a team preseason to go undefeated, I mean, that says a lot about the
2: Patriots. I'd have to look at their schedule.
1: Well, they picked the Titans to finish third in the AFCs, the number three seed, finishing 12 and four. All right. Okay. Yay or nay, guys? I'm
5: mean, i going to go with nay for both of those. Yeah. Uh, I I think that just says what – I think that says more about what they think of the AFC than anything else. Yeah. The fact that it's like – no competition, I guess.
1: Well, I mean, the Patriots really rounded their roster this year, but, man, 16-0? I, I don't I know. Think, I just don't see I it. I think
5: Tom Brady is not getting better every year. He's getting worse every year. So I, I don't understand how they're going to go 16-0 now. What,
1: what I would love to see is the first game of the season, that Thursday night game, Patriots host the Chiefs. Wouldn't you love if Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback, or even Alex Smith. Either of those quarterbacks goes into Gillette Stadium and beats them Week One. Oh yeah. How great would that be? Yeah.
5: That'd oh be pretty yeah. Good. Be fantastic.
1: But some other some other teams of note on this uh, on this projections list, they picked the Packers going twelve and four. I, I just I don't see that. Falcons twelve and four. That's that to me. That's possible. Um, but some teams at the bottom of their list, the Jets going one and fifteen.
5: Um, that, that's completely possible. I think. Absol- I think the Jets win every game.
1: They're the Jets, terrible. the Jets are pulling a Jake Standard for circa 2016. They have completely gone full fire sale mode. They have cut. You know, we talked about this last week. They cut so many players from their team, guys who had you know pretty uh, lofty contracts. You know, dumped them in uh, in free agency, and they're kind of starting over. So. I think they're uh, they're they're trying to to uh, tank for a quarterback, and who can blame them?
0: Yeah.
5: Although I do think it's kind of a bummer. Like I don't. I hope not it is a sort of trend of like NFL teams like tanking early. You know, like I get tanking like maybe towards the like back end of the season. You're like, well, we're gonna start you know our backup quarterback to see how good he is if we have nothing to play for or whatever. But like tanking before the season even starts, I think could like you could end up with like a bad trend of like three or four worst teams just like don't even try to compete every year, and I don't know. That just seems less fun to me. I I like it when everybody at least from the beginning, you know, tries to win.
1: Sure. Yeah, yeah, and this kind of leads us into the discussion topics. Sorry, Jay. There's no uh, there's no sound bump there, but um, teams that have been you like, are
0: all- dragons.
1: Wow. <laughs> all right. Maybe we do have one.
2: There we go. I think we have one now. Um,
1: perfect. Jay was talking about teams that, that are going all in to win. I, I, three teams come to mind and those are teams that have tried to drastically improve their running back room. So I have a, I have a question for you guys. Of these three teams that I'm about to mention, which running back room is too crowded? Okay. Okay. Um, so there's there's three teams I wanna I wanna talk about the New Orleans Saints, um, mm-hmm. the New England pa- the New England Patriots and the Seattle Seahawks, um, and I'll, I'll run through their running back room. We'll kind of go one by one here, right. and you just let me know if it's you let me know if it's too crowded or not. And obviously the too crowded part, you know, that makes sense. What I mean by not crowded is does this running back room need every single piece? That makes sense. What I'm asking. So in Seattle. Recently signed Eddie Lacy, big boy from uh, from Alabama, played in Green Bay. Uh, Thomas Rawls, who's kind of an injury riddle throughout his career. C.J. Proceis, who really came on last year. And Alex Collins. So is that running back room too crowded?
2: I'm going to say no for Seattle. Um, I think they need somebody. I mean, Thomas Rawls had his moments where he looked good, um, but nobody's really stepped up to the plate. I mean, there could be somebody that does better than – Eddie Lacey but I mean why not take a flyer on him and uh, put him in that system in Seattle
5: yeah I have to agree with Zach none of those guys really stand out to me as like so talented that you don't need to like look at other guys so I mean maybe CJ Procise is that guy but everybody that you listed kind of at one point had the chance to be the guy and none of them took that chance so I think he just continued to you know Maybe just ride the hot hand or I don't know what they're going to do, but I don't think that's too crowded. I mean, to yeah. me, that's not crowded enough. There's not enough talent there.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: and the New Orleans Saints, I think this is the most talked about running back room in the league, at least this offseason. They signed Adrian Peterson to a one-year deal, leaving the Minnesota Vikings. Mark Ingram, a former Heisman winner, I think he might be in the last year of his deal. Um, they draft Alvin Kamara, uh, running back in Tennessee in the second round and uh, Travaris Cadet, who kind of a scat back, um, not someone I would expect to have a ton of playing time, but that kind of rounds out their room. Is New Orleans' running back room too crowded?
2: Do they not have Tim Hightower anymore? Where did he go?
1: He went to, uh, was it San Francisco?
2: Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: I'll, I'll look it up real quick, but <clears throat> New Orleans' running back room, crowded or not crowded?
2: Um, I don't know if I would say it's crowded because, you know, Ingram's had a – Injury history, um, but it is confusing, <laughs> you know, fantasy wise for us. Um, but I wouldn't call it. I mean, if I'm want to, if I'm want to rank these, I'm going to put this one as number two on the list as far as crowded.
5: Yeah, again, like I think all these guys. I mean, these guys are much more talented, I think, than right. Seattle's yeah. running back room. But they kind of still all have questions about them. Like Mark Ingram, like you said, has had a lot of injuries, and he's never, like, he, you know, came into the league as a Heisman winner and has never, ever, like, taken control of being the lead back. Last year we thought maybe he would, but he never really did. And so, you know, you bring in Adrian Peterson and see what you can do. But it is kind of confusing. I don't really know because they both play so differently. Maybe Ingram is going back to, like, where he was early in his career when he plays more of, like, the third down running back role. I don't really know what they're thinking there, but maybe they thought last year they gave him a shot to be the every down guy. He couldn't do it, and so he's going back to the third down role, and they bring in Adrian Peterson. I don't know. But, again, if Adrian Peterson's running well, it's going to be hard to take him off the field on third down, so I don't really know. That'd yeah, i kind of actually, well, about
1: it. I love the Kamara pick in the draft because he, I think he complements really well what they try and do with running backs and what they've tried to do uh, just throughout the time that Drew Brees has been the quarterback. You look at Darren Sproles when he played there, um, kind of a running back out of out of uh, the flat, making catches, and, and I just don't understand the Adrian Peterson move. He's not really a pass catching back. He's not really great in uh, pass protection. Um, he's really an eye, an eye back, a power back that that runs up the middle. Needs needs kind of a runway to run, and, and I just don't see him doing that this late in his career. Um, so I, I think their their running back room is too crowded. Um, but we'll you know time will tell. One of Peterson or Ingram is going to have some kind of season-ending injury. It's just you know it's that's oh, expect yeah. that's ex- it's expected to happen at this point you know
2: oh
5: yeah right. Although I have to so, say, like I don't know, I've kind of come around a bit on like the whole thing being too crowded because, like, when you look at, you know, what we have with the Titans, you know, we've got Derrick Henry, who's like really, really talented, sitting on the bench, and I don't know. I mean, maybe it's good. I think I'm kind of coming around to the fact that it's good to have guys, you can talented guys, you can step in, and maybe Adrian, Adrian Peterson just takes on that like veteran role of, you know, called upon when needed, and he steps back from being, like, the every down back guy. Maybe he, this is, like, a transition for him. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. Have they even talked about how they plan on using him? They probably haven't. They're probably keeping it quiet, but.
0: Yeah, I think I I think he... like I,
5: could see, I could see them bringing in Adrian Peterson and, and them just saying, like, you know, your job here is to just kind of be a mentor, to kind of spell, you know, Mark Ingram when we call upon you, and then if something happens to Ingram, you know we've got you in the reserves, I don't really know.
1: Sure. Yeah, and we'll, we'll definitely learn more, I think, in the preseason with, with the Saints and, and how they plan to use their running backs. The, the last one here and the one that I think is the most crowded is New England's running back room. And the reason I say that is because it seems like every single running back in that core is the same type of running back. You look at Mike Gillisley, who they signed from Buffalo, who really kind of came on toward the end of last year. Uh, Dion Lewis, who – I mean, he was a PPR machine two, three years ago before he tore his ACL. Uh, James White, who had the uh, the game-winning catch in the Super Bowl uh, when the Falcons blew a 28-3 lead. Rex Burkhead, of, uh, formerly of the, uh, the Bengals, a guy I remember talking about on this podcast, like week 15 last year. Remember when he was on Jake Staniford's roster? and We had never heard yeah. of him.
2: Yes, I remember.
1: Guess, guess who had heard of him? Bill Belichick. Yep. And uh, and, Brandon, and Brandon Bolden. So there's five running backs there who, to me, serve kind of the same role, the same purpose. So I, I think they're probably the most crowded running back room in the NFL. But, I mean, Josh McDaniels there, their offensive coordinator, and Bill Belichick, they'll find a way to get everybody involved. What are you guys' thoughts?
2: I don't even want to try to think about what they're going to do with the running backs. Like, it just hurts my head. I'll leave that up to Jake with the 10 full cap on, you know, so like <laughs> – just, I can't. I can't deal with it. Yeah, I mean, it's
5: impossible to really figure out what they're doing. Uh, the Patriots have always kind of done this thing with a lot of their skill position players where they, like, bring in guys who you've, like, never heard of before, but they work in their system. And so, I don't know. if it could, But, I mean, just listening to, like, the names on that list, like, nobody's name really sticks out. Like, that also doesn't sound like an incredibly talented group of running backs,
2: but – Knowing Bill Belichick, they'll probably be amazing. But, let, you know, who knows? Let me say here's what could happen: Bill Belichick could run somebody out there the whole preseason, give him all the carries, and then we draft him like you know in whatever round, thinking this guy's it. And then get week one of the season, they'll probably run that guy out there for one play, one series, and then they will start somebody else the rest of the game. I don't want any part of it. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I feel like Zach, a constant with you and Brian over the years, has been don't trust the new England backfield
2: yeah it's, it's just it's too confusing I mean nobody in fantasy yeah. or sports knows what's going on in the mind of Bill Belichick that guy I mean it's it's tough I mean the only real consistent guy is Tom Brady because I mean it, everything goes through him you know so um and you know some yeah. wide receivers but as far and as Edelman, man, yeah yeah otherwise it's just too confusing
1: yeah, last I mean we we sort of mentioned this at, at the beginning of the episode, but last thing I wanted to bring up when we during this kind of open discussion was about the proposed rule changes. Uh, part of the reason why we brought Jay on, Jay, I know you have some usually you have some strong opinions um, with when it comes to rule changes and league settings. Jay, what are you know there there were several proposals in the Facebook group. What were some things you liked? What were some things you didn't like? Uh, I guess you kind of have the open floor. Uh, feel free to to speak your mind
5: well I don't exactly remember what all the proposed rule changes were but I know that one that I've been kind of on the last two or three years and Jake has really been leading the charge on it is the changing our kind of free-for-all waiver system to a more organized free agent bucks waiver system where at the you know start of every game all the players who are playing in that game would go on to waivers and then you would have the opportunity to bid on players throughout the weekend and then however much you whoever bids the most on that player when they clear waivers would get them and be able to add them to their team and that just i think adds an extra interesting kind of competitive part to our league and it's less like were you free on Sunday afternoon to be able to pick up players and it adds a little bit more strategy of do I want to go all in spending my bucks early in the season or do I want to save them up for like later in the season when there may be somebody who comes on that I really want to add and it just adds a whole lot of extra kind of strategy element I think to roster management as opposed to what we do now which is just kind of like free-for-all add drop add drop add drop add drop all
1: yeah, and Zach Zach had made a point in that group. Just looking at the thread here, he had, he had mentioned that one downside being that people, cough, cough, Jeff Gaw, who would, you know, they'd they'd go out of their way or they'd make a point to to you know have that competitive advantage. Wake up at 2:30 in the morning or, or at a time when no one else could grab these players, scoop them up, and it would just kind of be a repeat of what we've had to begin with. Um, but then you know to counter that. I think Chase Chase God made a point that it really it really makes you value um, the bucks that you have, your you're available. To. Jay, I know you're you are a commissioner of, of a different fantasy football league that has this system. What's been your experience in the past with people? I guess not necessarily abusing this system, but maybe uh, you know some. I'm, I'm sure some some managers are better at it than others, right?
5: Sure, and you know if I'm being honest about you know my other league you know the it's not as active i would say and and as as our league so like in our league all 14 managers like stick with it throughout the season for the most part and pay attention and are active on you know roster management and adding and dropping players and trying to kind of get the most complete team you can throughout the season and my other league you know usually 2 or 3 people will kind of drop out as you go and so then you end up with kind of less people kind of competing um, so that being said, you know, I'm sure our league, the experience would be a little bit different, but um, what happens is, you know, in my league, usually what, what happens is at the very beginning of the season, there's always like two or three guys who you never really expected to do anything or that nobody drafted, but come out and just blow up in the first two or three weeks of the season.
0: And so then those
5: guys, people will spit spend like a large portion of the bucks that they have to get them. So uh, the, I don't I don't know how familiar everybody in the league is with this kind of, you know, waiver system. I think everybody knows how traditional waivers work where you know, uh all the players, you know, as soon as their whatever game they're playing in kicks off, they go into waivers and then nobody can add them or drop them until they clear waivers on whatever day the commissioner sets, that usually it's like Monday or Tuesday. Usually it's Tuesday or Wednesday actually. And so then, and then in traditional waiver system, it goes with like based on where you are in waiver priority. If you're like the number will have a number one priority, then you you can get whoever you want to get. And if you have like in our league number fourteen priority, then that means that if you want to get a player, and but anybody else in the league goes to get that player, then you're kind of out of luck because you have the last place priority. So what the free agent bucks does is it kind of changes that dynamic to saying now everybody every week is kind of on the same playing field where everybody has the same amount of free agent bucks. So everybody gets like 100 free agent bucks to start the season. And then you kind of have to decide for yourself or with your co-manager how, what is your strategy going to be? Like, are you going to go all in on a player who goes big the first week, which may be a good strategy? Because. If that guy continues to do well throughout the season, then you basically paid for a guy who maybe you would have drafted like in the first five rounds who ends up being a stellar player. Or, you know, it could fire back at you and that guy could have just been a one-week wonder type player. Or if you decide to save your bucks, um, you can just try to pick up a few people here and there, but lose out on some of the like big name waiver ads each week. So my experience, uh, in the league has been that usually the first couple of weeks there'll be a lot of money spent on free agency because you don't really know how all the rosters are going to shake out like Zach was saying a lot of times coaches will do weird things in the preseason to kind of keep what their true intentions are a mystery but then once the season actually starts it comes like people's roles become more defined and so then a lot of free agent gets bucks get spent then and then usually what happens is like throughout the season as people get injured people will spend a lot of free agent bucks trying to get, you know, backups to players and things like that. So that's where it really comes in. Like if you don't have the backup player, then, you know, that guy, whoever that guy is become, you know, if somebody gets hurt mid game, then everybody is bidding, you know, whoever still has money is bidding big money on trying to get, you know, the backup player who came in and scored a touchdown and could potentially start for a couple of weeks. So that's usually how it goes.
1: Wow, that was about as long as OJ's testimony at his parole hearing. Well done, Jay. That was very No, it was very elaborate. I should have, I should have read it that way, but that was very elaborate. I think yeah. I like I like that idea and I like I like it in that I like test driving cars first where I'd like to to try it out. But really the only way to do it is just to go all in and do it for one season. Um but the only thing is as we know with this league, it'll be really hard to get that passed. Um, this, you know, not even just this year, but ever. And I I don't know why that is, Um, but it's going to take, I think it's going to take a lot of lobbying from Jake to get that one passed. Would you guys agree?
2: Yeah. I, I think I wish you could test drive it. Like you said, I wish we could just do like a dummy league or something like that. And just, you know, just give it a shot and see how it goes. From what I understand is, is this right, Jay, you may have already said this, but when you put a bid in, like, say you bid, you know, 30 for some guy and say I bid 70. Well, the winning bid is not 31 because my max bid was 70. I spend all $70 because that, that was my max bid. Is that right?
5: Right. Yeah, that's right. But but I wouldn't lose $30.
2: So like, if you right. lose that on your bid, you get back. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of crazy, you know, but I mean, I understand that point. Um, can you see what other people bid? Like can you see how bad you overpaid for somebody?
5: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you when it, after oh, yeah. it clears you see everybody who everybody who bid on the player and how much they bid.
2: Oh wow, yeah. So, I mean, I think it sounds fun and um there's definitely definitely pros and cons to it. I think the main thing is for me is just that we have no idea what we're doing as a group. Um and then if somebody was to like spend all their money on waivers, you know, like you're saying, on the first two weeks, blow all your money, then basically that person doesn't have a fight for the people that save their money. And then the people that save their money could get people super cheap and have a huge advantage. You know, I'm just playing devil's advocate.
5: No, I mean, that's definitely true. I mean, you kind of like, and, and honestly, like going into it, you kind of have to get a feel for your league. So like when we first instituted this in my other league, well, we've been doing it ever since that league started, like, three or four years ago. We've done it every year. But the first year, it was kind of, you know, everybody kind of has to get a feeling for, like, what is the typical bid on, you know, a guy who's, you know, let's say, like, a running back gets injured. Like, let's say this is a bad example because uh, Derrick Henry will definitely get drafted. But let's just say, for instance, that Derrick Henry didn't get drafted. Then if DeMarco Murray goes down in the game, well, you can't just go up and go out and pick up Derrick Henry because the game's already started, so he's on waivers. And so then you kind of have to figure out, you know, if DeMarco Murray is going to be out for like two weeks, you know, how much value is it in getting an every down starter, but he's only going to play for two weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you kind of have to factor that in to like, well, you know, I could blow my budget on Derrick Henry, who's going to be amazing for two weeks, but then I won't have any opportunity to do anything else. And so uh, to, to be honest, like what happens in our league typically, like, for a top tier, big budget, you know, player like that, where you're coming in and you're going to get at least a couple weeks of starting from them, we'll usually bid like around forty dollars. So it's like a little less than half of our money. If Derek, if Demarco Murray, like, went down with a season ending potentially injury, and you're bidding on Derrick Henry to get him for the rest of the season, and it's only like halfway through the season, I would put all of my money. I would bet all of my money. Because yeah. that's the kind of opportunity that you don't get, you know, in free agency with players. So you kind of have to figure out what the value is for you. And the other thing, too, is, like, I mean, you can still add and drop people if you don't have money. Like, you can put in, you know, like, $0 bid. It's right. just that if anybody else bids on a player, then they would get them. So it's yeah. not like you can't make changes to your roster. It's just, you know, after you spend all of your money, then, you know, you kind of don't have the opportunity to the bid on like whoever, the two or three, because usually each week there's not like a ton of players that everybody's looking to go out and get. And in our league, it it would actually be really, really interesting because we have the IDP element too. So like in my other league, we don't have IDPs. And so, you know, that adds like a whole extra pool of like players that you need to consider how much we're going to bid on this player or not. And so, I mean, I think, you know, I'm not, even though I've like done this for four or five years in my other league, I still don't think I would have like a huge advantage coming into it with our league just because the IDP element is such a big mystery as well. So I think it'd be fun for our league to, you know, experiment and try. And if we don't like it, we can take it out next year. But, you know, I, but the thing that I really like about it, I'll just keep going back to you, is it adds an Our league to me, is all about strategy and competitiveness. And I think that the addition of the free agent bucks waiver system increases the strategy and competitiveness elements in our league as opposed to if you happen to be awake at 2:30 in the morning or if you happen to be free during the football game to know to pick up derrick henry as opposed to you're working on sunday afternoon or something like that you know what i mean like that that's kind of where i fall into it is i think it's more competitive and more adds extra elements of strategy to do it this way as opposed to the free-for-all system
1: Jay, last question: Did you murder Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald Goldman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, I know.
5: I've talked like for a long time. This be like longest yeah. podcast interview ever. No, but no. no this,
1: is, this this has been really, really good. Well, all hey, jokes aside. Well,
5: I just feel like as all the all the times we've talked about this on the podcast, I don't think it's ever been like adequately explained about how the system works. And yeah, you know.
2: and that that's the point of this. I want people to listen to this before we get together for the pre-draft. So I'm really going to push for everybody to listen to it, um, you know, to listen to what you're saying about this, because I really don't want the pre-draft meeting to take a long time. And then for people to ha- have to make a decision right there on the spot, this will give them a chance to at least weigh um, pros and cons, you know, about it. What do you got sucks?
4: Yeah, because the good thing for me is um, I feel like after listening to what you have to say that. I'll be a kid on training wheels, and you'll be like on the ten speed bike, and we'll be trying to race and um so it's good to have all the details before we go into it, yeah, because I still feel completely inadequate uh, the, to compete with you on this new waiver system
1: and to me, if I'm Jake and this is kind of his uh, this is his proposal, if I'm arguing this you know eight days from now at the pre draft meeting and I have people like Jay and Jacob and Chase Gaw. People who have publicly advocated for this, my two biggest sales pitches would be what what Jay mentioned earlier that it, it kind of forces the rest of the league to be I wouldn't say conservative, but yeah, I mean you have to you have to be better at budgeting who you'd like to have, and it prevents what it does is it prevents what we've had in the past of kind of an ad drop league where you pick up Tim Hightower, let him sit on your bench for two weeks, you decide oh he's not really even that good, and then you drop him, and you, you don't have to suffer really any consequence. For that, so I, I I like it for that element.
4: Or you don't gobble up guys to keep other people from getting them. Exactly. Well,
2: you still could gobble. The main the main problem I have with this is that I just feel like it can be manipulated. And I have played in other leagues where they have waiver systems, and trust me when I say people are going to wake up at two thirty. I mean, if it happens in our league right now with hardly no waivers for the most part, it's going to happen in this one. Like it's going to be. It's going to take the competitiveness to another level, in my opinion. I just think that's going to happen. I am not going to wake up at 2.30. Like, if you want to win that bad, well, go you're not
0: gonna
2: to, Well, you're not going to have to wake up at 2.30. That's, that's the whole point. Ah. Is,
5: instead of, you, you bid on your players, so you put in, like, if you have a guy that you're interested in, you put in, like, a $1 bid on them, or $0 bid on them, you know? And then if you have, you can get them if nobody else claimed them. So, like, if, even if you put in, like, if you're interested in a guy and you don't like if like if we take out the element of like the big name free agents each week which are like kind of separate things where like you're trying to budget and bid but you just like need to do some roster management you need to pick up a quarterback or you know you need to pick up a defensive back or something then you can put in like a one dollar or zero dollar bid
2: on that player you don't have to get up at 2 30 in the morning yeah that
1: makes that makes all the difference in the world
2: i still think people are going to wake up at 2 30 in the morning going to happen
1: but so why I mean I don't under,
5: I don't understand that like wh- why do you think they need to get up at 2 30 in the morning today
2: they're still going to I don't know it's just gonna it, happen well,
1: the person the person who bids at 9 30 in the morning it's it's still a bid you know so it doesn't matter what time the you first know what would
2: solve all, all of this is if Yahoo would let us choose the time that players come off of waivers instead of doing it whenever you know uh, whenever they want to with their systems they should give that to the right. the settings that's all they got to do that's not too much to ask.
5: Right. Because I mean the only advantage you get for waking up at 2:30 in the morning is after players come off of waivers you don't have to spend any free agent bucks to add and drop. But at that point anybody who's worth
2: getting will probably have been bid on, so
0: Right, right. Is there a
2: uh, Is there So when you just say you put in $0, is there like a rolling a scrolling waiver priority system? Yeah. Like what would be the what would be the advantage if or what would be the tiebreaker if Pace put in zero dollars and I put in zero dollars on the you know, the same person? What what yeah, is Yeah, so in the
5: background you still have you still have the like the scroll the rolling waiver, you know, like the traditional uh, waiver priority thing. That's where people, and that's, the wake tiebreaker up. If people yeah. that's the tiebreaker if people bid the same amount of money gotcha. as yeah. well. But that almost that almost never happens. And I also say too, like the Sug's point about like, you know, worrying about being outsmarted ever like in, in my league people almost never run out of money at the end of the season like there's very few people who run out of money by the time it's over so and maybe that's just the way that we play we play more conservative by like conserving money you know What's your waiting budget? for that guy to get hurt at the end of the season hundred bucks
2: okay. do you think that we would need yeah. to increase it since we have IDP so we have more players than your typical
5: no I don't think we need to increase it I think it would just be you know, the overall, how much you bid on a player, I mean, it would, our league would come up with our own, like, what ends up being the amount of money that players go for, you know what I mean, like, I think 100 is funny.
1: So, so what happens if, here's a hypothetical, what happens if, you know, Chris Johnson has one week where he goes on a tear, he's, you know, David Johnson's injured, Chris Johnson's the guy, he's in our free agency, me being a huge Titans fan, you know, in 2009, nostalgia kicks in i'm like man i really want cj2k so i i put, i start the bid at five bucks zach knows that i'm a little biased and i love cj so he he doesn't he has no interest in signing cj so he keeps moving the bid up oh it's a, it's a blind it's a
5: blind auction you only bid one time so you can't okay. see what other people have bid.
1: so it's not like yeah. ebay it's not like ebay where you no. can be the seller and no. play games with no. people. No,
5: no 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 you put in a bid put in a one-time bid or you know you keep changing it like if you start off and you say like you get really excited about CJ and you're like I'm going to bid seventy dollars on it because I really really want him and then on Monday morning let's say the waivers clear Tuesday I think that's when they usually clear and on Monday morning you think about it and you're like I don't really want to bid seventy dollars you can change your bid so like you could go back in and say I really would rather bid forty dollars something like that
1: that makes perfect sense
5: but nobody else but nobody else can see it so it's a blind right. auction so what happens is on Tuesday at Two thirty in the morning, or whatever it is, then the system will automatically go through and see how much everybody bid, and then give CJ to whoever bid the highest.
0: Yeah,
1: this man, this really helps. I think this this you know to whoever's going to listen to this podcast ahead of the pre-draft meeting in eight days, on August the first, right, Zach? Correct. Whoever listens to this podcast and kind of gets a better idea of that um, you know league change that proposal. Uh, I think that's a lot of help, Jay. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure, guys. Yeah, hey, stick, stick around real quick. The Tweet of the Week. Zach, I know you have something prepared here. <laughs> tweet, tweet of the week.
0: week.
1: One of my absolutely favorite Twitter accounts is this account called Old Takes Exposed, uh, Freezing Cold Takes. So what they do is they take tweets – from years past, months past, and it's just these awful takes, or tweets rather, with content that should have stood the test of time, but you know, whether it was a couple of years later, a couple of months later, is completely wrong. Uh, they always have Skip Bayless tweets on here, all kinds of stuff. Um, so we saw on the news last week, head coach of Ole Miss, Hugh Freeze, um, resigned, or I guess was forced out over... Really, just a litany of uh, off the field um, issues. I mean, he had so many recruiting scandals and violations, paying uh, players time to school there. I mean all kinds of terrible things with, with recruiting violations, but none worse than last week when it was revealed that he used his uh, school given cell phone to call, uh, let's call it an escorting service, and forgot to delete the call, forgot to delete the call. And so, uh, yeah, Hugh Freeze no longer the head coach of uh, of Ole Miss. But this tweet is from Hugh Freeze, at Coach Hugh Freeze. This was dated February first, 2013. And this was at the very start of all of the rumors and allegations of uh, Ole Miss and their recruiting violations. Hugh Freeze tweeted, if you have facts about a violation, send it to compliance at oldmiss.edu. If not... Please do not slander these young men or insult their family. Sign Coach Hugh Freeze. Oh, so man. perfect. I love that stuff. That that story to me is just awful. Um, you know, this this guy was was recruiting kids on his character and how he was kind of the, the Southern Baptist preacher who was holier than thou. And so when this stuff kinda comes out, man, you just you hope this is his humble pie.
4: The thing that throws me off is all the stuff about Houston Nut possibly like it's a conspiracy like he's the one that's bringing all this stuff to light because he's bitter that he lost his job have you heard all this
1: oh he has to be because i mean houston Nutt was the, the previous head coach who or was it the previous previous head coach
4: i thought you who, said previous head coach it really threw me off
1: well i mean that too have you seen the guy no he he <laughs> was he was the guy who they threw on he was the the bus guy they threw him under the bus rubbed his face in the mud And, you know, Hugh Freeze was was passing all the blame off on on Houston Nutt when, you know, in the end, he was vindicated last week. So, man, it's hard to to think of anybody else who would have done this. Can you blame him?
5: Yeah. I mean, you had to kind of – this whole thing, like, doesn't surprise me at all because the whole thing of, like, Ole Miss coming out of nowhere and all of a sudden signing, like, top five recruiting classes was always really, really fishy. So this is just, like, you know – how it happened, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I feel like we've had kind of a theme of this episode has been embarrassing stories, whether it's Hugh Freeze or Lucky Whitehead, uh, the Cowboys receiver who got cut today for shoplifting back in June. Um, I like this theme of embarrassment. Guys, um, I I have something prepared for myself, but can you guys think of a personal story of embarrassment involving – you know your fantasy or real life sporting career. What um what comes to mind? Zach, do you have anything?
2: I don't have one that is fantasy related, um, but in real life, I do remember in eighth grade I was on the basketball team, and I was so I was so embarrassed by this. Um, now looking back on it, it's funny, but I got in the game and got the ball, and the the, the time was running out or whatever, and so I just. You know, heaved it, full court shot, just threw it all the way down on the other side of the gym. Well, one of the cheerleaders, that's where they lined up down that way. And uh, it was right about the time that, you know, she put her arms both up in the air saying, you know, go, whatever. And it nailed her right in the stomach, right. I mean, I threw that ball pretty hard, and it just it it nailed her, and she was done. She didn't even come, like, to the next game after that. She was like huh. – she was on injured reserve after that. I felt really, really bad. So, yeah. She was
1: on the she was on the pup list.
2: Yeah, she 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 was definitely on the pup list after that.
1: Matt, what do you got?
4: Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you maybe you have one. I don't know about embarrassing fantasy football stories, but um, I didn't play a lot of organized sports, so the only probably embarrassing story I have is actually the one moment that I made a buzzer beater in basketball. Um, I was playing church league basketball. I was in 10th grade. Um, I had a similar figure as to what I have now. Um, Perfect. and, And when you were short a player, or when you had an extra player in church league, the other team got to pick who played the third quarter. So I played the second quarter, and then the coach was extremely smart, so he had me play the third quarter as well and knew I couldn't run up and down the court. So I was so exhausted that um, I couldn't make it down the court. So I was just camping out, exhausted at the three-point line. The ball trickled to my feet. I picked it up and made a buzzer beater. And um, so, in my embarrassment, was a celebratory moment. But uh, it was a legend made. (laughs) I was not. I was not prepared to um, to play two quarters of basketball for sure.
1: Jay. I uh, I hope yours involves a certain IDP that you selected a couple of years ago in the draft in our fantasy football league, but I'll let you take the floor. Uh
5: I don't know what you're referring to, Paige. Uh,
1: uh Elvis Dumerville Dum- Elvis <laughs> Elvis
5: Dumerville. <laughs> <laughs> so uh my fantasy football league uh story is I don't know. I mean, I guess it's kind of embarrassing, but it's more of the story of the worst trade that I ever made, which I'm sure Zach will remember. So my very first uh, season in the league, I was like a sophomore in high school or something like that. I had played fantasy football one season before in the teen side league, which was not competitive, to say the least. And so I was, I was coming into our league kind of completely fresh, didn't know what was going on. And before the season even started... I traded away my first-round pick, Maurice Jones-Drew, who was, like, amazing back when he was amazing. And I traded Maurice Jones-Drew for Donald Driver, the season that he retired, and Brandon <laughs> Jacob.
2: <laughs> <laughs> to Paul Oakley. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I remember this now you say this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Zach so had his fingers crossed. I think, honestly, did I make the trade? Did I, I make the trade?
5: Just, just, <laughs> I think this whole thing it just like started me. Maybe I'm just still traumatized with this first trade that I ever made that just
1: makes me resist trading now. Wait, wasn't that Paul's last year in the league?
4: It was one of his last, yeah.
1: Yeah, he made uh, that trade. He was like, you know what? This is a good time to bounce. <laughs> <laughs>
4: hey, I forgot. I forgot one. My embarrassing fantasy football story was being in Orlando – Drafting <laughs> remotely and picking Peyton Manning after he was hurt.
1: The year he didn't have a neck.
4: Yes. The year that I picked Peyton Manning and then somebody in the in the room said something like, Oh, what? Did he just say Peyton Manning? Yeah, that That's was awesome. It. And I had to pick yeah. Eli Manning later to save myself. That was pretty great.
1: I that was great. uh my my embarrassing um uh, you know sporting career story i guess i'll go with a real life one so it, it also involves middle school sports um i was on the football team at all good middle school go redskins should probably change the name but um i was uh, i was a i was a small kid back then and i think i was playing receiver corner i don't know i was so tiny and terrible that they probably just bounced me at whatever you know small person position and it was like one of the last games of the season and one of it was one of the last plays of the game, and I remember one of the uh, one of the linemen went down, and it was just like it was supposed to be a kneel play. So the coach said, "Hey Pace, you know, go in there and go in at left guard." I was like, "All right, I'm gonna live my life dream. We, you know, 100 pounds. Let's let's do this." <laughs> so the play was a, you know, we, we I get in the huddle. It was like the first time I've been like in the huddle, and they're calling a kneel, and. You know, we walk up the line, quarterback walks up there, and, you know, I don't even remember what the call was, and he takes a knee, and I'm at left guard, and I also took a knee, and the guy that was playing on the opposite – the guy playing on the opposite side of me just knocked me on my butt, and I remember everyone being like, what are you What are you doing? And I said, you called a kneel. like doesn't everyone – I legitimately thought at the age of 12, 13 that I was supposed to take a knee, uh, so I pulled a Kaepernick, and uh, it worked out. <laughs> so. That that one's mine, um, guys. This has been a, a long but great episode. Zach, Matt, uh, Jay, you guys have anything else?
2: Nope, that is it. Be sure to get your money in.
1: That's right. And let me leave you guys. I lied. We do have one more one more thing. I want to. I want this to be what closes us out. We don't have Ryan Richer on the on the show this week. We miss him. Oh. But we do have a tweet. <laughs> We do have a tweet from Roger Kenderson at 94 underscore ghost on Twitter. This is the Roger Kenderson Tweet of the Week. Zach? That... Tweet of the, of the week. week. Roger Kenderson says, nine hours ago today, July 24th, don't ever wait for something to happen. Go and make it happen. Mm.
2: Inspirational. Word by inspirational
0: we'll see you guys next week that's it